What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans, Chuck and Chernoff Show here. And I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast apps. Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia. He's a local Atlanta kid, and he won't let the Luca versus Trey thing go. He interned with us back in the day, and you'll always remember him. Anyway, definitely go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave him a rating and review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 680 The Fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Atlanta, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas Podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome to a Tuesday evening edition of the Chase Thomas Podcast. Old friend, Scott Rafferty is here, the crab jiddler himself. Scott, good evening, sir. How are you? Good evening. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. How long are you going to have the crabs as uh, the, the, the Twitter avatar? How long are we doing this? Probably a while. I, I honestly don't have a good answer for it, but it's, I've, I've had it for a long time, and I think I just have to stick with it at this point. Okay. Did you do it yourself? I might have to get like, no, I didn't. Um, I wish I could say that I did, but I didn't. I might have to get someone else to, to make an updated one. Maybe that's the next step. You have a picture. Just use a picture. People would be confused. How many people do you think on NBA Twitter actually know what you look like? Uh, 1% mm. less than that. Probably like a handful of people. <laughs> that's about it. So yeah, I'm just, I'm just a crab man. That's, that's, that's me. I wouldn't say that. I would not say that to strangers. Just uh, <laughs> FYI. Would not no, introduce no yourself as the crab man. Story. Not great. <laughs> um, well, I'm going to... So, the NBA, obviously, starting back this week. Um, very excited about that. You and I are both excited about J.R. Smith lobs to Dwight Howard. That's what we're here for. Dion Waiters yep. posing after hitting some crazy threes. We're here for it. Um, I want to just pick your brain about a bunch of different teams. I want to get your thoughts and like where your head's at with this team as we're heading in and what you've seen from scrimmages, things like that. Um, I think we have to start with the Lakers. And my question to you about the Los Angeles Lakers heading into the restart, um, do you think they have enough backcourt depth to make it through and win the NBA title this year? What is your gut telling you? You know, I, I didn't have them in the favor as the West before all this. I still think, to me, I, I've had the Clippers ahead of them all season long. A big reason why is that I just love the way that the Clippers can match up with the Lakers and LeBron James specifically. Like, you look at that team in Marcus Morris, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard. Those are, like, three of the best LeBron defenders in the league right now. And I think, you know, if any team is going to take him down and the Lakers down, I think it's that. Um, but given all the things that have happened, um with their injuries and uh, Avery Bradley not going to Orlando, it, it is very interesting because suddenly you're looking at a team that is going to, I think, could struggle to match up 
with guards in the playoffs. And they're fortunate in that, like, the Golden State Warriors aren't in these playoffs. So the best point guard in the league is not playing. But there's a good chance that, like, they could play, like, the Portland Trailblazers in the first round. Um, and then you have Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. Don't McCall do this. I've heard this, too. Don't look, talk look, yourself I'm into not, the Lakers losing gonna, the first round to the Blazers. Look, I was going to say that. I'm not going to say that the Lakers are going to lose in the first round mm-hmm. because they're not. But I do think that that's going to be a very good test for them to actually see if this team can kind of match up. Because Danny Green's no, a great No, they're defender. sweeping them. The Blazers are of- getting swept. That's not happening. The Blazers are not, are not winning a game against the Lakers. It's not happening. At one game, Dame goes hot. It can happen. Sure. He can get hot. But, like, who is defending Anthony Davis and the Blazers right now? Who is defending the pick and roll? They're, the LeBron 80 they, pick they've and got, roll? They've got some size. They've got some size. They, they might play Hassan Whiteside and Yusuf Nurkic. And just, You're a big Collins guy? The paint. I don't know. I, I do. I actually do. I do mm. like Collins. Um, I, I don't know if I like him playing big 30 Anthony minutes against Simons the Lakers I'm not there with Simons yet. <laughs> he had like one of the worst NBA seasons of all time, by the way. Did yeah, you see that? that? There was a whole piece year. about this where I was just like, oh my God. And I was so high on him coming into the year. Like he had that big scoring outburst at the end of last year. And I was yeah. like, oh, I like him. He's almost 20. He could break through. Let's see what happens. He's a huge banger bus guy. And uh, bad news, uh, he busted. Well, it's, he's still young, so I, I wouldn't go that far. I, I, I think know, he's still, there's he's still hope for him. But um, either way, to answer your question, I, I do think it's going to be interesting to see how the Lakers handle that. And I think Zach Lowe made a really good point in that, um, as he as he tends to do, is that the Avery Bradley Avery Bradley not playing isn't like catastrophic for them. Like they can they can fill in his minutes, whether it's more Contavious Caldwell Pope, more Caruso, who's been really good this season. And I know he's you know an internet sensation. People love him and all that, but he's a really good player. And I think more minutes for him is, it, it could be good things for the Lakers. But the problem with Avery Bradley not playing is that it just gives you a little less margin for error. And then suddenly if Alex Crusoe tweaks his calf in the first round, then you're down like you have no guys who have been guarding point guards this season. Um, and suddenly that really hurts your depth. So I think ultimately, I think they're going to be okay. Again, I was not saying that the Blazers are going to beat them in the first round or anything like that, but I do think it's going to be interesting to see how they do match up with point guards because Avery Bradley, if you look at their numbers, Avery, Avery Bradley guarded point guards more than anyone else on that team, and it wasn't even that close this season. Um, so, so I do think that's going to be interesting to see. I'm excited because I go back and forth on this. I taught myself in the Lakers before the shutdown. I don't know. It's I, I still My gut still says Lakers for the bubble. I still can't get over this because I just can't count on really? Paul George's health for the full playoffs like that's my biggest thing is i i think if the clippers stay healthy and Kawhi is able to make it through paul george is able to make it through then yes i think it's gonna be very hard to beat them in a seven game series i don't bet on that though like i'm weirdly betting on ad and lebron over a playoff just a long playoff run in orlando than i am paul george and Kawhi. is that fair i don't know i think that's fair i mean if you look at it just from the perspective of like which team has the two best players it's the lakers right they have two hands down yes. top five players in the league in LeBron and AD. And anytime you have that, um, you know, you have a huge advantage. It's just to me again, like I I'm also, by the way, I'm fascinated to see how LeBron plays in these playoffs because two years ago, I feel like there was a little, little bit of talk his last year in Cleveland. There was a tiny bit of talk about him not being able to carry a team. Anymore. All deep must beat him in the and first he, round. But then, and then he had a historic playoff run. Yeah. I think I saw, I looked up the numbers again today. It was like 35, nine and nine 
and he's carrying um, a not very good Cavaliers team to the finals. Um, and and I, I, I do want to, he's been fantastic this season. It's not like he's been kind of coasting through the whole regular season, but I do wonder if he has that another level he can go to at this age. Um, and I, I've never been one to doubt LeBron or anything. I, I do think he's probably the greatest player of all time and all that. Oh no. But well, I'm for, not going for a guy who's played as much there. as he has at his age and everything. I do wonder if he can really go up to that next level and literally just be the best player on the finals hands down again at this stage of his career. Hmm. We don't have to get into the GOAT debate now. We no, we're not going to do that. No, that's, I, I hate those <laughs> debates. Those are not something that we don't, I ever We don't have to do that. No. I could tell that you were not happy when I brought that up. So we can, no, we can, just, we can just slide under the rug and move along. I, I can't do that. I, I, I hate that conversation. I, I, don't, I don't enjoy it at all. Um, the Toronto Raptors. Mm. In your estimation, because this was something um, that I just can't shake the feeling I can't shake from the Raptors is like, it can go one of two ways where if you're betting on their collective five, their collective closing five, or they all understand each other, like their point differentials are crazy. Like Pascal was made a leap this year. Norman Powell's back to being an important player for them. Um, they're deep. Like they were a couple of years ago. Like Terrence Davis is a good player. Van Van Fleet's there. Kyle Lowry is still the offensive epicenter this season on offense. And last year, he was a secondary or third guy. And Kawhi took a lot of those big shots. He was the guy that they had to rely on late in games. OG Ananobi, as much as I love him, is not that guy. Kyle Lowry is not that guy. Kyle Lowry is best suited in the role that he had last year. I love Kyle Lowry, the player. The best case scenario is like a Detroit Pistons run no 4 right? Where like the... Uh, yeah. That's what, if you're betting on Gasol being the Ben Wallace, Pascal being the Rashid, OG being Tayshaun Prince, Fed Van Fleet being um, Rip Hamilton, and Kyle Lowry being Chauncey, like, that's what you're betting on, is that kind of run where they just all play so well together, they understand each other, coach really well, they play really hard defense because their defense is top-notch, they have a lot of people they can throw off the bench with Serge and friends, like, they're, they have so many guys. I just, that's best case scenario. And I think those kind of teams are outliers. And I think it's going to be very hard for them to get out of the second round. I, I don't, I would be shocked if they're in the Eastern Conference Finals. Is that fair? You know what? If you asked me that, that exact same question like a month ago, and this is maybe the hiatus doing crazy things to me, I, I would have agreed to you, but I've kind oh, of no. talked myself into the Raptors a little bit lately. Um, and I, Look, they're just, I, I think the bubble is just so crazy. Like, mm-hmm. we have no idea what's going to happen. It's a completely different situation, a unique mm-hmm. situation that we've never seen before. And I really do think that, like, there is something to having a team when every single player from top to bottom, except for maybe Stanley Johnson, who's like the 13th man doesn't play, but like one through 12 on that team, everyone knows their role. Everyone works their ass off and everyone executes the scheme. And I do kind of wonder, even that, even though what you're saying, like, they do not have a traditional closer. They don't have a guy that they had in Kawhi the last year who you can just give the ball to when the offense is stalling. He's either going to get a good shot for himself or get to the free throw line. Like, Pascal Siakam has been incredible this season, but he's still not that player. And that's okay. Like, he, he could get there. We don't have to have that conversation now whether or not he can get there. Like, he could get there. He's just not quite there yet. Um, but I, I do wonder, like, the fact that Nick Nurse is potentially, you know, the best coach in the league right now, and he's so creative on defense. And you kind of look at the teams that they're going to go up against and how they matched up with Giannis last year. Like maybe they can make it difficult for him again last uh, this season again. You know what I mean? Um, the Celtics, I think 
everyone's pegging them as kind of being like the second best team in the East. Um, second best team in the East. And, and I, yeah. You, you, I see, I, I, I lean towards that way as well, but I also, like, it goes it one Pacers, two Celtics, three bucks. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I thought we were talking about 2021. No, I had to do that. I had to, oh. I unleashed my Victor Oladipo <laughs> Pacers take on Andrew Sharp last week. Incredible. Okay. Like he almost fell out of his chair. It was, um. It was one of my favorite things. Doing my two-minute monologue on Victor Oladipo in the, in the Pacers, but no, not this year. They're a year away. But uh, continue. Um, and you know what's funny, by the way. So the, the clutch stuff is interesting with the Raptors because mm. if you look at, if you just look at like the advanced statistics, they have the fourth best net rating in the clutch this season. The only mm. teams that have been better are the Houston Rockets, the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. So you look at it from that perspective, like some of that clutch stuff might be overblown. Although I'm actually on the same page as you as like, I do think they're going to run in this situation where it's, it's game six against the Bucs. They're down three, two. It's a six point game. Like they need someone to just score like six to eight straight points. Like we saw yeah. Kawhi Leonard last year. And I, I, they just don't have someone like that. And even though they've, they've really thrived in the clutch this season by basically sharing the wealth, like Pascal Siakam has led the way. He is their leading scorer, but Kyle Lowry scored a bunch of points um, in the clutch. So is Fred Van Vliet. Um, like, like they really have shared the wealth. But I do think in those situations in the playoffs, we've seen it before, like the game slows down and you just need that kind of top five, top 10 player um, in the league that, that, you know, hands down superstars to kind of create a shot for himself. So um, I, I do agree with you. I do think the Pistons is probably the, the best bet for them, that Pistons team. Although I, I, I am starting to, given how weird the Orlando bubble is and everything, I do wonder if the fact that they are just so well-structured, so well-coached, and they're just a really, they're a talented team and everyone's bought in. And there are a bunch of vets who know how to do this. Um, I, I do kind of wonder if that kind of shifts the competitive balance in their favor a little bit. Hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I we'll get to the Thunder. I'm going to hold off my Thunder take for a second. I, I think that's fair. I think, the, I, I think it will be interesting to look back on if teams like the Lakers, who are just all vets, and then you have, who also included like Kuzma and like, uh, oh, players who are not playing veterans they're not playing in the vets and kuzma got included and kuzma's like i'm not a vet um i do wonder how that how that works and i'm excited to see how that unfolds like if the teams that just are just all older guys are the teams that um benefit or is it the young guys of just being like you know what? we can play every other day who cares let's go for it um, right i don't know that's a it's a good question um the celtics you're lower on them than i am i think their closing five can win the East. I do believe that. Um, Jason Tatum made a leap. I think people don't realize how good of a shooter Jalen Brown has become and how much Jason Tatum becoming a star has helped Jalen Brown. And Kemba looks healthy, which is huge. Like, need looks good. He's going to be all right. I think Tice is fine as a starter. I think they don't have to play Canner much in the playoffs. I think they can survive with Samuel Jalei for 10 minutes a night. I think this closing lineup with them, I think they can survive. And I think they can really, really push a lot of teams. And I think their upside is bigger than anyone else in in the East. I think the Bucks obviously have the best player in the East. But man, the closing five for Boston, I I I love it. Do you do you think there is a chance that they just really breakthrough this year because there's always a team every year who 
it just is a little bit ahead of schedule. And I think Boston, when I look at the East and the West, team most likely to be ahead of schedule, it's Boston. And it's because I believe in Tatum, Brown, and even Marcus Smart. Like, I think he is just going to be a monster um, in this playoff run. And I just, I love Marcus Smart. And I think that closing five and Hayward being healthy, I don't know. I think that there's a real possibility that they uh, win the East. I, I do really like the Celtics, but a few things. One, I, I don't, I don't, I really don't think they can guard Giannis. Like they, they have nobody can so guard Giannis. No one can. Who's guarding Giannis? Look, I, I think the Raptors could generally give Giannis a little bit of trouble in the series. Mm. I, I don't think the Raptors have enough offense necessarily to combat that because we saw it last year. Like they made Giannis really work in the Eastern Conference Finals, and a lot of those games were still really close. Yeah, like a few shots don't bounce for the Raptors, and suddenly they're they're done in five games, even though Giannis doesn't play that well in those last two games or whatever. So I do think the fact that they've, you know, obviously they've lost Kawhi, but that that the Raptors ranked I think like twelfth in offense this season, like they're mm. they're kind of an above average offense. So Wait, no, even I think if they're they higher can make life really maybe difficult, I'm wrong. they're like what two in defense? I'm like maybe uh, I think that's right. I think they're two in defense. I think they might be eleventh in offense. Okay. Um, so Celtics are top me, five like, both, by the way. Yeah, I mean the Celtics are a really good defensive team. I just feel like they don't have, they just, they they like Jalen Brown doesn't have quite enough size. You know, like last year we saw Al Holford be the primary defender um, on Giannis, and I think that that first game in the playoffs they played really well against him, and then Giannis kind of just figured it out. And I just I really don't know if they have the personnel. They don't have big enough guys really to slow him down in a way that they can make a series difficult. Uh, look, if they somehow avoid the Bucks. Um, then there's a chance that that happens, that they make the finals. But I do think the Bucs are clearly the best team in the East. And I think if ultimately whichever other team is going to try and go to the finals, they're going to have to go through the Bucs at some point. Um, so I do worry about them there. I do have one question for you, though. Mm-hmm. Is there a chance that we are overreacting to Tatum's stretch? No. You don't think so? No, I think Tatum's a legitimate star and is going to be like an MVP candidate in the next two to three years. But that's the thing, right? He's a shot creator now. Like, that's the biggest thing is he made the jump to legitimate three-point shot creator on his own. Like, he is now someone who can bring the ball up, figure stuff out. The sidestep three is just disgusting. And I think he is. And he's also just an underrated defender. Like, Tatum's actually a good defender. And he's He's, big. He's a really good defender. Yes. So, I think that's a big thing for him. He's a two-way force who can shoot threes. And he's tall enough where, like, it's really hard to match up with him. And he's going to get his shot over you. I, yes, no, I think Tatum is going to be like an eight-time All-Star and at least win one MVP. I think Tatum is, he's now reaching that level where I'm like, yeah, he's going to be the best player in a championship team at some point. But he's also 22, so I just don't think we're here yet. But yes, I think he's legitimately going to be, like, I think if, it would not surprise me if he's like 28, 8, and 5 in a year or two. Would not surprise me on like 40% from three. But I think that's that's an important distinction, though, because if you're talking about like the Celtics being a team that could go to the finals this season, I think they need Tatum to be like a top ten player in the league. And he, by the way, he was playing like that I prior think to the top ten player in the playoffs, right? He, I, that's that's what I'm saying. Like I, I'm with you. I think Tatum's awesome. He made a huge leap this season. I could see him competing for MVPs um, down the road. But it's like, do you think he's that player right now? Because well, let's do that I, thought I exercise. Who who's ahead of him right now? Okay. We have AD. LeBron, we're just doing playoff teams who's ahead of him right now. AD, LeBron. You know what's funny? Mm-hmm. 
I just uh, I have an article plug. I have an article coming out on Wednesday of uh, who the best play ranking the best players in the league right now are. So uh, I feel pretty well versed in this. Okay. Um, we so did, we did it like... as a NBA. Okay. So we did it as an NBA global staff. So we mm-hmm. had nine guys submit ballots and then took the average. And I'll tell you, Tatum finished tenth. Um, so Wait, he finished behind. I'm going. Tatum finished in tenth place. Okay. So these are the best players going to Orlando. Okay. So these are the players we had ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Giannis won. Kawhi two. Wait, you had Giannis LeBron one. Three. Yeah, we had we had Giannis one. Okay, so already wrong, but continue. <laughs> Giannis one, Kawhi two, LeBron three, AD four, James Harden five, Damian Lillard six, Luka Doncic seven, Nikola Jokic eight, Joel Embiid nine. I just want to make sure th- these are not like necessarily my rankings. Mine were a little bit different with some players, but those are the nine players that our average had ahead of Tatum. So we had him 10th. And I actually think I had Tatum 10th on my ballot too, so. Hmm. Now I got to think about this. I'm thinking if anyone is staying. Mm. Uh, I don't hate that. Oh, oh, I know we're, who we're missing here. Uh, Jimmy Butler should be in that top 10. Actually, yeah, I think I, I, I may have had Jimmy Butler 11th on mine, one spot behind Tatum, but so I we, we had Tatum put Jimmy ahead and then, of Tatum this year. I put Jimmy ahead of Joel. I also think part of it was like Paul George behind all this this year too. And a few of those guys, I think we were projecting kind of like taking more into account could they where they should be ranking rather than like basing it on what had happened this season. Because um, I mean, you can make the case that Embiid should be a couple, at least a couple spots lower based on the way that he's played this season. Right. Um, but I mean. I'm always just hesitant on bigs. I think I have a big bias. I'm just not a, I don't know. You have to really, really show me something as a big in today's NBA. I don't know. I always lean. I yeah, think that's fair. Line. Lillard's a little high. I'm not the biggest. I, I had I had little, little, um, a couple spots low on mine. I think I had yeah. um, I had Luca. I had Luca six. I, I think I'm, you I'm and I have closer to the know. same taste. Probably. I think healthy Kawhi, there's Probably. just no question he's the best player in basketball. Like that, I cannot. Like when he is healthy and his knee's fine. He's not feeling any pain. He's the most unstoppable player in basketball. Like that, I cannot shake. Um, he just takes better shots. Giannis is just, he's not going to take the same kind of shots. I don't know. I trust, but, I trust Kawhi that, more than I do Giannis. I always will in their prime. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's fair. I, I have no argument against that. I think we were, the difference between like Giannis and Kawhi was like 0. 0.01 point. Like it, it was, it was, See, like, it was that's interesting between because, like, if you were asked point blank, starting a team of all the playoff teams, like, who do you pick first? Do you really hesitate between Giannis and Kawhi for a season for just one playoff run? Do you hesitate right now? But but the health question is important, right? Because okay, that's you, what we're like, saying. Like, we're saying healthy. that like he is healthy and can make it through a whole playoff run this season. Is there? Then, no, hesitation? you're probably taking Kawhi. Yeah, is there any hesitation? I mean, I, I actually had Giannis one on mine. So, mm. um, I mean, I still maintain. I, I think that Kawhi close. is the closest thing we've had to Jordan in twenty years. I still believe that. I, I kind of agree with that. I kind of agree just, with that. His body's not um, work. Like I just, his body just the kind of load that he said to take, and I just think his body and what you have to do to keep him healthy over the long term is pretty remarkable. Like he'd be out of the league probably if he played through the nineties, right? Like his body would have already broken down. He would have, like, I don't think they would have kept him um, healthy as long as the Spurs and the Raptors and now 
the Clippers have. Like, I don't think this would have been an option for him. I think he really, really lucked out in the air that he's playing in. Yeah, I agree with that. He's been, he actually hasn't sat as many games this season as I, I feel like it, it's talked about. Um, like, I, I feel like he has actually played more than people make it out to be. He's missed what? Um, but I mean, in saying that, I, I think so. But in, in saying that, he's probably basically a lock to sit 15 games. If we're looking at 82 game seasons for the rest of his career, he's probably a lock to sit just 15, just out of rest. Yeah. Um, not even, you know, he, he's sprained his ankle or anything. It's, that's the kind of situation he's in. But yeah, I mean, he's fortunate that he plays. He can make it through a deep playoff run because the playoffs are so much harder on his body because he's having to do a lot more. He can't just like, like what Giannis does where he just dips out in the fourth quarter and because uh, the Bucks yeah. are 20. Like, yeah, Kawhi can't do that in the playoffs. So like, it's just significantly more burdensome on him um, come playoff time. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, speaking of the Clippers, something I wanted to pick your brain on. Who yeah. do you think is their best closing lineup this playoff run? Who who would you close Ooh, with? Would you go big? Would you go Paul George at the two? What are you doing? That's a really good question. Um, I think it, it's probably... I, I lean towards Patrick Beverly, Paul George, Kawhi, Marcus Morris, and then depending on the team, Trez or Zubach. I, I, mm, I would I say Trez or Jamie Green. Yeah, that's right, actually. That's a good point. Um, Jermichael Bean Green has been quietly really good this season. Um, and that's even like sneakily pretty successful or at least like more successful than a lot of players against Anthony Davis. Yes. Which is funny. Um, yeah. So I, I think I go there. I mean, the obvious omission here is Lou Williams, right? He's um, not playing in my closing lineup. I just don't think, I think LeBron will target like if in the Western Grand Finals, I just like, we saw what that looks like this season. Like there's just no way Lou can stay on the floor in a Western Conference Finals against the Lakers in a closing closing two-minute stretch. I just don't think that can that can work. I, I think he him. probably plays against... He probably closes games against pretty much every other team, though, right? It's basically just the Lakers they have it's to worry the about. Lakers, maybe, maybe, yeah, the Rockets, maybe the Rockets. Maybe the Rockets. Ooh, the Rockets is a good example of this. Um, yeah. That's a good point. I don't know. But then again, like the Clippers might want Westbrook to hunt... Lou and see what kind of shots he takes. I don't know. That would be interesting. Yeah, that's a good be. question. I'm not sure. Um, the Rockets is a good, now. I'm going to think about that. I want to look at their 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 splits this season. But anyway, continue. Um, that's that's one series I hope we do see. By the way, the, the Clippers and Rockets because the Clippers mm. are the one team that kind of I feel like naturally can kind of go small because I, I think that they can quite easily just play like Marcus Morris at center. Yes. Um, against that lineup. And I don't think it would be like really weird for them. Cause you know, some teams downsize because they feel like they have to. And then it's like, they've never really played the lineup before. And it's just like, they, they can't figure it out on the fly. I do think the, like, the Clippers could figure out that um, to, to the extent that they would be able to kind of muck things up enough to, to slow the Rockets down. But um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I think I would, I, I think Patrick Beverly, Really good defender, doesn't need the ball in his hands, can kind of just float around on the three-point line on offense. You need that when you have a team built around Kawhi Leonard um, and Paul George. Max Morris is kind of a bull stopper too, so I think the you don't necessarily need another um, big-time ball handler out there in Lou Williams in those situations. And um, Jermichael Green can face the flat to the three-point line, good defender, everything like that. Um, so I, I think it would be between him and probably Trez, just depending on what you need, because obviously... Trez is one of the best cutters and roll men in the league. So if you need a guy who can put pressure at the rim, you go with him. But yeah, now, now that you said Jermichael Green, I'd probably go uh, with him instead of uh, Zubac. Although Zubac has been, 
been quietly very good this season. I just don't think they trust him. I don't even think it's like an option for them. I think they would actually even be more comfortable with Peepat at the five than Zubac yeah, probably. in the games. Um, it's just I mean, Zubac is going to play in space. Like he can't like, and he's not as amazing as a role man as Trez is on offense. Like I just I don't think it's I don't think he possesses enough value to make it worth their while. I don't. And the nice thing about Trez too is that hey, he's really improved his his face up game mm-hmm. in the post this season. Um, so not not that you're running a ton of offense through him when Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are on the court at the same time, but like if you find a situation where he has the ball in his hands with six seconds left on the shot clock. At least he can kind of you, you're comfortable with him being able to create a shot for himself. Whereas yeah. I don't think you can really say the same about Zubac. So no, there's that too, the, and that matters. Um, the Mavericks. Do you think they have? Because people are talking about like them as a depending on if they can avoid the Clippers in round one. Because if they can stay in that six spot, they might get the Rockets or um, they might get um, the Nuggets. Like, would you take if it's Nuggets? if it's Nuggets Mavs in round one, it kind of reminds me of last year. Remember when we were talking about like the Spurs, how they matched up against yeah. the Nuggets and we we're like, I don't know. Like I, we just don't believe in the Nuggets. We never will for some reason. Like we just, we'll never completely buy the Nuggets. If they get matched up with Luca in round one, would you bet on Luca and the Mavs getting a round one upset? Man, I, I love Luca so much. I really do. I, I don't think I, don't I would. About it. I yeah, no, we we'd have to do this. Um I'm not I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say Trey Young's name uh, more than once in this podcast and that was it. So uh I, I don't think I would. I, I think I'm just hesitant to to bet on a team that's led by two guys who've never been to the playoffs before. And I, I don't doubt that Luke is gonna be also in the playoffs. I think he will. I just think that's a lot of pressure to put on them. And also one thing I'm gonna be fascinated to see in the playoffs, by the way. Did you did you realize like the Mavs have been terrible in the clutch this season. Mm. Um, and it's basically because Luke has been the least efficient volume scorer in the clutch in the league. Like his numbers it's are not that terrible. surprising what he does and like how he, he dribbles a lot. He does kind of like what Kimba did a couple of years ago in Charlotte that I'm sure you watched a lot of. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah. And I, mean, I also uh, don't yeah, think he I, trusts uh, anybody I, else. Like there, when Porzingis misses games, like what are you doing? You kicking it out to Seth Curry? What are you doing? Like there's just not a lot of, not a lot of options. Not a lot of shot creators in Dallas. Dorian Penny Smith, not um, a shot creator. Dwight Powell, not a shot creator. Not a lot of those. Luca literally does everything. But they also have, which is interesting because you point out that like they they're just not a clutch team. But like they have the number one offensive efficiency in the NBA this year. They're number one in offense. So they're great. Yeah, but middle of the second quarter. But closing games are just not. And I wonder what that is. What do you think that is? I don't know. Um, I mean, Luca's numbers, by the way. So he's shooting 32.3% from the field, mm-hmm. 17.1% from three. And oddly, 65% from, yeah, and 65% from the free throw line in the clutch this season. So just, just abysmal numbers across the board. Um, I, I, I watched, I, I, I wrote an article about this. Um, and I, I watched all of his field goal attempts in the clutch this season. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is like, he just settles for step back threes. And it's yeah. so hard to know with him because he's not like efficiency wise. He's not a good three point shooter, but the not weird yet. thing about him is that he takes so many of them mm-hmm. and all of them are so difficult that yeah. they're step back threes with guys draped in his face. 
And the fact that he can hit like 32% of those is actually like way more impressive than it looks on paper mm-hmm. because those, those shots are so difficult. And when he makes them, he's basically unguardable. Yes. And I think the problem is he, he hasn't been able to make those shots in the clutch this season, um, even though he was much more successful with them last season. I think last season he was basically one of the most clutch players in the league as a 19-year-old rookie, which is hilarious. Um, I, but I, I, I do remember a lot more I think Twitter some... videos of him hitting game winners against the Nuggets last year. That's true. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm with you in that, like, they just don't really have, like, if Luka doesn't have the ball in his hands, who else is generating good offense, either for themselves or someone else on that team? Um, you know, there's been a lot of debate this season about, you know, Chris Stapps pulling us in the post. Um, he's, he's been one of the worst post-up scorers efficiency-wise in the league but this if season. But watch him, he's never down kind there. Of, yeah, I mean, he, he was doing it a little bit more at the start of the season, I feel like. Mm. But he was also coming back from an injury. And the problem with him, even when he was in New York, I think his last season in New York, actually, he was like third in the league in, in post-up points per game. So yeah. he actually generated like a ton of his offense down there. But if you watch him, I mean, he's just not, he's not, he's not Joel Embiid. Like he's not going to no. bully guys. He's not going to put you in the rim. He's very much like, I'm going to shoot over you from mid range. And those are really tough shots. Um, but I, I, I do wonder, like, for the, I, I do wonder, even though Rick Carlisle doesn't like bigs who post up, I, I do kind of wonder if you need that. At least if your second best player is Chris Dapsbolzingas, I do wonder if you need that as more of an option in crunch time, um, because that is his best way of creating offense. Like you, you, Chris Dapsbolzingas isn't really going to create offense for himself in any other way, right? Um, and I think it kind of—I don't actually know where you stand on this, but you know, the mid-range gets talked to death nowadays about how it's the, the least efficient shot in basketball. I think it's still a really important shot for guys, especially at the end of games, because all the times those are the only oh, I just want a title with to it. give up. Exactly. And I think that, that that's kind of what this comes back to. Like, I don't yeah. think he, Chris Dapps is a guy who 20 times a game you want him to post up. But if he's a good enough post-up player when 10 seconds left in the shot clock with a minute left, Luka Doncic is doubled, you need to be able to give him down to him in the post and he needs to be able to create a good shot for himself. And I think that's kind of, that's where it would come in handy. Although I know that, you know, Carlisle said that's not just a non-efficient source of offense for them. But I do wonder if that's kind of the thing that's missing for them. Um, and I do worry a little, a little bit about that in the clutch. Um, with so much riding on Luca, because we could very well. It kind of reminds me of Harden in Houston, where he just has yeah, he's asked to do say. so much. His usage is so high; he has to create everything. And honestly, Trey has to do the same thing in Atlanta to a similar extent as well. Where the difference is Trey is doing it with a bunch of young guys, and Luca's doing it with a bunch of veterans who are just not very good and not very good shot creators. Like, there's not a lot of young guys in this dallas team that you're excited about like there's just not um it's it's luca and porzingis and then the rest is just guards it seems like um because let me pull this up i want to look at this for a second who they're let me see here oh yeah so jalen brunson who i like a lot third guard like i like him as a third guard he's a good guy to come in for luca and run the offense tim hardaway still not a shot creator like you're still trying to get him on the catch and shoot you're trying to get him off flare screens you're trying to get him off horns stuff like that Dylan Wright doesn't do it. Maxi Kleber needs someone to set him up. Like Justin Jackson needs someone to set him up. If you go up and down this list, Courtney Lee, whoever, JJ, there's just no one else in this offense who can create their own shot outside of Luca and Porzingis when he's healthy. And like you said, where he needs to be able to hit those on the block when Luca is having to choose between throwing to Dorian Finney Smith um, or throwing to Porzingis or doing a step back three, which he obviously has not had much success with this year. So I think that's a bad problem right now, but I don't think they're trying to win the title. So like they have to figure it out. And I think it's just another wing. And I think they could, 
they have cap space and they have opportunities and i think they're they're gonna make a move i don't think they're gonna have luca be on an island and i don't think their plan is to just have luca and porzingis and then a bunch of role players i think they know that they have to give luca another another shot creator in the next couple of years if they really want to contend the the most fun option there by the way is definitely bradley beal and there, there's no I chance don't i don't they don't have the assets enough. Their offense are number one. That's I don't fair. know if I want Beal. I don't know if I want Doncic and Beal as my backcourt. I just, I think that, That's fair. I don't know if you could survive defensively like that. I really don't. Um, Drew Holiday is another fun option. but I, I'm Holiday, I, I like hopefully... a lot. Holiday makes a lot of sense yeah. there. Yeah. He could be either Josh Allen. Um, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just like another guy, defensive-minded guy. Yeah. Um, Does he can get the everything. ball, secondary action, secondary ball handler. Yeah, exactly. I like Drew Holiday a lot. But yeah, that's, that's kind of my concern with Dallas. I, I just I worry that the guy's first playoff run, too young. Um, maybe this is you know a growing opportunity for them. And the club stuff, it concerns me a little bit because I do think we could very well see him get pardon treatment. Like you're saying, like teams could just double him as soon as as soon as Lucas crosses half court and just beg anyone else to score against him. Um, and if the offense just grinds to a halt like it has at times this season, I have a hard time believing they can they can beat a really good team. DeRozan opts out. Would you like him next to Doncic off the bench? <laughs> it's funny. I um I actually did some free agent destinations for DeRozan not long ago, and I think one of my coworkers, I think you've had him on before, Colin Gay. Yes, I think we it. talked about. Yeah, I think we talked about Dallas being a potential option for him, and I kind of just, to me, like it. It makes sense from the perspective of you have another guy who can create a shot for himself. Time to get that Vince um, Carter, but in. I. I the what? The Vince Carter. Remember when they brought in Vince? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be kind of like what it was yeah, like. Yeah. yeah, but he's just, I mean, the fact that he basically can't play off ball um, I, I, no. is a huge concern. Because um, I, I think he'd, he'd probably just end up handling the ball more than you'd want on a team that's led by Luka Doncic because of that. But, but he's never been on a team you don't with think a so? lead ball handler like Luka. Like Kyle Lowry is not even close to what Luka was. And then you look at San Antonio with murray and friends like he's never been in a situation where luca who just would create so many different kind of looks for him i don't i don't know he, it might be better for him it might open up a whole new demar my, my uh my favorite destination for demar rosen is denver mm, i don't mind that either i You'd have to give up gary Harris, i'm terrified right? probably i I'm, I'm terrified of him defensively because Jokic, demar rosen jamal murray is, is not really stopping anyone no but i do think going back to kind of kind of what you were saying i i think Jokic as a center who plays with the ball in his hands, I think he could create stuff for DeRozan in ways that no one else has before um, by opening the paint for him and things like that. And I think Jamal Murray just being a little bit more comfortable playing off ball because I, I don't really buy the numbers that Luka Doncic basically can't hit a catch-and-shoot three this season. I think he's like under 30%, which makes no sense. Um, but but I, I think Jamal Murray is just more comfortable playing off ball to the point where like you could actually run the amount of offense you need to through DeRozan for him to be, you know, happy and play to his strengths and everything. Um, so I, I think it would just be a little bit of a smoother fit in Denver. That's my, that's my favorite team. For him. Interesting. I don't know. And I, I had to think about that where DeRozan's best fit is. Um, it's tough. I th- I put a lot of thought into it. Cause as I said, I wrote, I wrote destinations for him. Um, I, I actually really like DeRozan. I know he's, he's one of the most polarizing, polarizing guys in the league. I've always like favored him, even though all the on-off numbers say his teams are worse when he's on the court and all that. I've always kind of had a soft spot for him. Um, so I put a lot of thought into like what would be a good destination for him if he declines his player option. And it, it's, it's tough. It's tough. 
Because I don't want Brooklyn Ooh. to chase guys like Beal. I don't know if that like what if he just took the the backup job to Joe Harrison in Brooklyn, ran the second unit. You think you think DeRozan's comfortable playing off the being like a six man? He needs to. That's his though? best. That's that's what I'm saying. Like that's what I want him to be. Like if he went to Dallas, I wouldn't want him to start. Like I wouldn't want him off the bench. Like I think wherever he goes, Denver even like if Will Barton's starting for him, like if it's him, Michael Porter Jr., um, Jokic and Jaren Grant or whoever, like no, I I think DeRozan needs to transition to six man. I think he would be a killer guy who leads the second unit. That's what he should transition into at this point. In his career. I think he's a second unit guy, and then he can close. I think we're probably yeah. I I think we're probably still like three or four years away from that actually being like. Like if DeRozan, I'm his agent DeRozan, or I'm his like, life coach, I'm like, DeRozan, um, I got some bad news for you. Uh, you're not an all-star anymore. That's that's out the window. You're like a... You can kill second units. Like, I would let him be my lead ball handler of the, back of the second unit. He'd even be great in Atlanta. I think he'd be good for a couple of years just to help Trey and relieve a lot of his usage and just help him. Because Trey is just developing so many bad habits, just being the only guy who can create and do stuff on this team. Um. I don't know. I think uh, DeRozan could help a lot. Maybe Memphis help jaw off ball and give Dylan Brooks some breathers when Dylan Brooks starts the two and DeRozan comes in. Wouldn't hate that. Not bad. Um, I would not hate yeah, him. I would not hate him. In, uh, and he feels very Memphis-y. The grit and grind. Like, they, he feels like a Memphis-y yeah. type guy, actually. Um, this, by the way, there's no point in talking about this because he's signing, he's signing four years at $100 million. Yeah, well, you, know that, you know that's where this is going. Yeah... I don't. I, I honestly, I nothing is going to surprise me about what happens this off season. Like I have no idea what players are thinking. COVID changes everything. Yeah, I have neither. no idea what these guys are going to do. So like I can maybe in a normal NBA off season, yeah, probably. I don't know what he does now. I don't know what a lot of these guys do. Yeah. Now. Um, is there inter- anything interesting about Orlando for you? <laughs> Didn't they have like the best offense in the league after All Star Weekend? By did the way, did they? I, I think they did. I think they did. Did um, Markel Fultz stop playing? No, because he, he that was that wasn't that Lakers game after mm, All Star Weekend when he uh, when he went off. Um, when he went off, good God, the <laughs> bar is so low for this guy. I just, I just the way they talk about him, and I hate the the Twitter clips of him just like doing a slow mid range jumper that he hits, and it's like. Markel, he's figuring it out. Markel Fultz, let me double check this. Yeah, shooting 25% from three this season. To answer your question, I, I don't mm. know. I don't, nothing really interests me about the Magic. 49% um, I, I really... field goal percentage. Yeah, just all bad. Continue. <laughs> like, Markel Fultz is a bad um, basketball player. Like, we got to stop this. We got to move on. He's, he's, he's not good. He's young, though. He's young. What is he good at? He's he's really shifty with the ball in his hands. He's actually like he has some old school hooky jerky mid range to his game. Um, he's a pretty creative finisher on the basket, and I think he could be a good defender. Best case scenario is like Sean Livingston post Los Angeles. Really good player, fine player, yeah. But he's not a star. Let's move yeah. on. Like people are like, oh, he's coming back. He's going to be here now. It's like no, they're working with yeah, him down I mean, here in Orlando. I'm like, no, it's not coming. This dude is not going to be a star at all. Look, I, I, I think if he's in the rotation, if he's a rotational player, whether it's a starting point of guard or like six man, 
if that's his peak as a player at this point, I think that's a good story based on everything that's happened. That's kind of how I, I look at it. I'm, I'm not I like that. Okay, I'll I'll roll with that. It's a good story if he turns out to like have a 15 year career as a six man. I I will ride with that for sure. Because I thought he was never coming back. We talked about this. I didn't think he was ever same. playing basketball. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Same. So um, that's kind of how I view it. By, by the way, related hmm. to that, um, Ben McLemore has been a really good story. And I feel like it doesn't really Dude, get enough attention. I love me some Ben McLemore, who has, I think, yeah. a contract with Mike D'Antoni that he's only allowed to shoot threes or he's not allowed in the rotation, which I respect. Um that dude figured out his niche him- and just has maximized it to an unreal extent. Like his numbers with different lineups, all positive. If you look at the Rockets, three-man lineups, five-man lineups, Macklemore and all of those, positive. Dude's good. Um, I, I want to say he hasn't taken a single mid-range shot this season. I am 100% confident that uh, that's the case. He would get pulled yeah, immediately. Zero. I really he, believe he would get pulled he, immediately. If he did that. <laughs> He's taken... A grand total of zero mid-range shots season. Yeah, um, but no, but like that kind What's of guy, right? Three? Like, I want to look this up now. I think he's shooting forty percent, isn't he? Yeah, forty percent from uh, three this year. Yeah, there you go. Um, but no, just just related to that, like a lottery guy fizzled out in the league. People kind of forgot about him, and then he lands in the best situation possible for him, and kind of just doubles down on what he does best. And he's you know a rotational player on a really good team. Like I think ultimately something like that would be a great story for Markel Fultz. That that was basically where I was going with that. Do you think the Rockets can win the title? Do I think they could? Yeah, in this bubble. I think they can. They're my number three team most likely to win the title. It goes one Lakers, Look, two I... Clippers, three Rockets. Oh, really? You have an, you, you're low on the Bucks. The Bucks are not winning the title. No. They're not. No one's winning the title with a non-three-point shooting best player. It's not happening. I, I disagree. Come on. You can like, have that all you want. So when your best play, second best player is Chris Middleton, sure, have it. Great. Go for it. He's not beating uh, Kawhi and Paul George. So Milwaukee's two best cannot uh, is not better than Houston's two best. It's not better than LA's two best. And it's not better than the other LA team's two best. Like, it's just not. Milwaukee's I mean, not the beating best any of those three. It's not happening. I would bet all my money on any of those three teams in the West over Milwaukee. Wow. I didn't know you felt this way. Yeah, I'm not in Milwaukee. Um, I, I, I was going to I was going to say I'd have um, not necessarily in order, but Lakers, Clippers, and Bucks in a tier by themselves as title favorites. And then probably the tier underneath that, just because there's so much uncertainty, we have no idea what's going to happen. I'd probably have the 76ers and the Rockets. Just the in, 76ers in the can tier beat tier Milwaukee like, in a seven-game series this year. It would not blow me away if they beat them. Would not at all. No, I mean, I, I, I agree with that, but there's a, there's a Rockets beat the Lakers crazy either um that's kind of where i see with those teams it's like yeah sure they've been a disappointment in the season and they're seeing what to expect from them but their upside like those feelings for those teams can be pretty much harden was bad in february with uh when westbrook was going on he was he was struggling and they were still winning games and if you look at the lineups with pj and covington at the four or five they're good the capella trade was really good for them and we didn't get enough time but like they are winning basketball games when Harden not playing well. And if they can do that in the regular season or in the playoffs, this bubble and Harden is in really good shape by all accounts. Westbrook, not shooting threes anymore. I, uh, I would not be surprised if they just ran the table. I, that would not blow my mind. There I do. Go. I do wonder, 
I do wonder if, like, in a seven-game series, though, like, I, I do wonder if they're a team where they win game one by 20 points. They win game two by 12 points. And suddenly we're talking about, hey, the Rockets could make the finals and they win it all this season, and then they lose four in a row. Like, I, I do kind of wonder if the way that they play um, makes them, like, a, a little easier to scout for or game plan for. I, I, yeah, I don't know, by the way. I'm not, I'm not saying that that's necessarily the case. But I do wonder if teams are going to kind of catch on with the way that they play. Um, I, I don't know. That's my, that's my, Wait, my who only... doesn't know how the Rockets play right now? Who doesn't know this? Who doesn't know what they're going to do? I'm, I'm just saying, like, like for the, the Jazz like last out. season, right? They're shooting yeah. a lot of threes. Westbrook's going to be cutting a lot. We know what they're doing. Ben McElmore going to be in the corner. Just as a heads up. Western Conference coaches. Ben McElmore. He's going to be hanging out in the corner. I guess it's more like once teams get over the shock of playing against a team, like they're so unorthodox to play against because they go small and they shoot like 40 or 53 the game. And yes. there's no other team in the league that does that. So I, I think they catch a lot of teams off guard. And I do, part of me just wonders like once teams get over that initial shock, um, if they can kind of figure out ways to take away what they do best. I, look, I don't know the answer. I, I'm just kind of, that's, that's like in the back of my mind with them. That's fair. And that's why they're my dark horse, not my favorite. And I think that's yeah. entirely possible, but it would not surprise me because I think there's a possibility that Harden has the best playoff run of anybody in the NBA. He has that in him. It's possible. And if that's the case, they can win the, they can win the title. Um, yep. The Miami Heat. Is there any way? We haven't talked about them. We talked about the Bucks. talked about the Sixers. Is there a chance Jimmy Butler can get this team to like the Eastern Conference Finals, depending on where they they match up could they really give the bucks problems in round two like what do you like about the heat right now and what are you scared about the heat um i i like i actually think they, they match up pretty well with with the honest and the bucks i think Bam mm-hmm. Adebayo, when you look at what he's done just individually against the this season he's had pretty much as much success or more success than anyone else in the league when it comes to um making life difficult, to be honest. And look, part of that was, I think, that he played the Bucks on the second night of a back-to-back, um, beat them. Giannis had a really hard, bad game and all that. But I think just you, you look at a guy in Bam Adebayo physically, what he can do, how high he can jump, how he can do all these different things. Like, I think he's pretty much like the perfect Giannis defender at this point. So I do think, and obviously they're coached by Eric Spolster, who's just, he's one of the best coaches in the league. And I think he's probably one of, I don't know, three or four coaches, one of the other ones being Nick Nurse, but like, I would not be surprised if he like concocted some kind of scheme that made it, that just frazzled Giannis in the same way that we saw the Raptors did last season. So I I do like that part about them. The one thing I don't like about them is offensively. Like I I do worry about this team. I know they've been one of the best three point shooting teams in the league this season. The big reason is Duncan Robinson. He's basically having a season that only Steph Curry and Clay Thompson have had in NBA history. Like he's been absolutely nuts. Um, but Bam Adebayo is still a shooter at all. Yeah, exactly. He's a, he's another great example of that. Um, but Bam Adebayo, as much as he he's improved, he still doesn't have a jump shot. Jimmy Butler's jump shot has just he doesn't take threes, and that, I don't think there's been no explanation for it and no reasoning behind it. I mean, he's he's never been like a knockdown shooter, but he's he's been a capable shooter. And this season, his his three point shots completely fallen off the map. And I think he's also been like one of the worst mid range shooters as well. Um, and he's been able to get to the line eight or nine times a game. He's one of the best when it comes to drawing fouls and getting to the line. But I do wonder, it, it goes back 
like they, Jimmy Butler's a better closer. I trust him more as a closer than anyone else on the Raptors. But it's it's almost like that same kind of thing where it's like defensively, I really like them and the way that they can match up with teams. But I do wonder offensively if they just don't have that extra gear that they can go to, um, especially in crunch time when they need it. That's fair. I'm excited to see what they look like, though, because one of the weird things about Miami, and this is how you can tell if someone watched enough Miami this year, is that you're like, oh, they're stingy. It's like, no, Miami's defense has actually been kind of underwhelming this year. It's actually their offense. Their offense is like efficient. All their lineups, and you look at different groups, and Goran Dragic being a six-man marksman, Tyler Hero has been really good as a rookie, shooting above 35% from three. Um, they're efficient. They don't take a lot of threes, but they're like, I don't know. All their lineups just work. Like, even Kendrick Nunn, with that group like it's just a weird mesh of people that actually really work offensively like i think it's a lot of the dribble handoff stuff that we love but um yeah. the strength of miami this year other than more like other than past bold spolester teams is that they're just very offensive heavy and that's just weird and it's actually what's going to carry them it's their offense and i just i think that's interesting and it shows just how versatile as a coach eric spalestra is right yeah he's awesome he's he's awesome but the, the thing with me is that i almost feel like they're I, I feel like they're worse offensively than the numbers make them out to be but they're better defensively if that makes sense like there, there's something that just doesn't I, there's something i just don't quite buy about their offense um, what do you not buy that, that's what have my you seen what are you what are you not buying I think it's I think it's that like I have concerns about I think Jimmy Butler's been one of the crunch time, one of the worst crunch time scores in the league this season too. But he's um, going to some of the reasons playoffs. that we just mentioned. That that's that's my concern. Like because if he's not creating offense, like who? I mean, I guess you have like Goran Dragic who's been playing really well this season, everything like that. Okay. But I, I I don't know. There's something there's something that's not quite there for the, for me for this team. But I I think they're gonna they're gonna make. They're going to have some kind of series, whether it's against the Bucs, whether it's against the Raptors, whether it's against the Celtics. And I think it's just going to be an ugly, hard-fought six or seven-game series. Um, and they're going to be there every step of the way. I just I wouldn't be surprised if it's like they end up losing by six points in game seven. You know what I mean? That That's kind of what this team strikes me as. Interesting. I'm They're my team that I have no idea. Like They're my team in the East that I have no idea. Who is the team in the West for you that you have no idea which way they're going to go come playoff time? Um, is this a good time to talk about the Thunder? Oh yeah, they're an easy first round out for me. Like I, I'm just already betting. Them. Oh really? really? They're losing the first round. Absolutely, Thunder are going down in round one. Done deal. That is my wow. gambling pick of the 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 day. They're going down in round one. So why is that? <sighs> okay, so we love their five man group. Well, a shooter is probably not coming around, right? Like he's gonna, his wife will be giving birth. The start of the playoffs when they're playing round one they need Schroeder Paul is, is that the timing yeah the timing is the first round of the playoffs um that's a big loss for them he's been really good Chris Paul obviously they've been really clutch one of the best clutch basketball players of all time they're probably gonna get matched up with either the Rockets in round one or the Nuggets in round one I think the Nuggets pose all kinds of problems I think Adams like what Adams does really well doesn't work against somebody like Jokic, who's at the top of the key all the time. And what Adams just thrives in Jokic is kind of a, a good alternative there. Um, I believe in the nuggets depth a lot more. I don't believe in the thunder scoring either. I think their lack of depth is going to hurt them because they, people like Dort, 
I'm like Dort. He's fine. I think they're a very solid regular season team. They're going to have to insert Robertson into this lineup. Like he looks okay right now, but he hasn't played basketball in like what, two years. Um, yeah. I just, I don't believe in this group. I don't, not a Terrence Ferguson guy. I don't think he's good at anything. I think Danilo Gallinari is great, but I think whoever they get matched up with, I think they're going to get right off the court. And I don't think they're, I don't think they're built for whoever they're going to get matched up with. I really don't. I think they're a classic first round exit. And I love Shea. Shea, I think, is a superstar. He's great. He's not ready. And I think their scoring is just going to be a major problem. And I will never bet against teams that just don't have that real scoring threat with three minutes to go in the playoffs in round one. And the Rockets have it in Harden and Westbrook. The Nuggets have it in Jokic and Murray. And even if you want to talk yourself into Gary Harris or whoever, like they have different guys they can throw out there to get a bucket late in game. They have shot creators, even if you don't necessarily trust all of them. I just, I don't, I don't trust OKC. I really don't. You you don't trust Chris Paul, who's literally been the most clutch player in the league this season. I don't. Um, really? Shay has been awesome in the clutch too. I don't believe it in the playoffs. I don't. Interesting. I just, I can't top myself into, I don't like it. Something feels off with them. I, I think I just trust offense, Chris Paul. 10th in defense this year. Yeah. Um, I, I think I just trust Chris Paul. I think he's he's been really good this season. He's lost in the first round a lot. Again. Yeah, he he's had a weird playoff history. That's what I'm um, saying. If you want to bet on Chris Paul as your best player in a round one series against either Harden or Jokic, go ahead. I, I just can't. I can't get around it. I don't think, I don't think it ends well. That's interesting. Um, I, I would not have pegged them like that. I, I think I could see them. I think I could see them making think, life very interesting for a team in the first round like that. Um, just cause you have Chris Paul who's been there before. He's not going to be afraid of any team, any player. Um, as I said, he's been basically the best clutch performer in the league this season. I trust him when the game is closed. Shea's been really good in the clutch. He's been awesome this season. He's been their leading scorer, I think, with just under 20 points per game. Um, he's kind of made it quietly made a leap. They don't have anybody over 20. Who the uh, the Thunder? The the Thunder. Yeah, right. Bad offensive um, rebounding, worse. Sure, sure. But hey, they're they're an interesting one too, though. Against like the Lakers, for example. Oh, they're um, murdered. In now that's yeah, that, that's that's different if Schroeder's not playing. By the way, but like if you look at like their three guard lineup, which has basically been the best lineup in the league this season with Chris Paul, Shea, and Schroeder. Um, I, I without Wait, who's like defending Bradley, the LeBron AD pick and roll there. Um, that, that's a fair question. Um, <laughs> probably Andre Robeson and Stephen Adams. Oh God, is, is my answer sure. there? I guess. Good luck. Um, <laughs> hey, who, who's guarding Chris Paul and Shay on the other end of the court? Then they'll let them die. Like uh, they're not. <laughs> I like them both. I really do. But they're not going to drop thirty-five. They're not going to drop thirty and ten. I just. I don't think that's going to happen. LeBron they and are both going to drop I... thirty and ten every game. Look, I, I mean, they again, just can't I, I don't enough. think they're, they're beating the Lakers, but... So after that, um, Chris Paul, who's averaging 17, Steven Adams yeah. is 10, the next closest is 7 um, with Nerlens Noel, who might not even play in the playoffs. <laughs> we'll see what his... Like, Darius Baisley, you want to bet on him? Like, their bench is dog shit. And I just... With Schroeder missing some time... I just don't think they can score enough. I really don't. I think they're going to have a really, really hard time scoring enough. So the clutch stuff, I don't think will matter because they'll be out of the game by the fourth quarter. I think the Nuggets will shoot them out of the gym. 
and I think the Rockets will shoot them out of the gym. I really do. The other thing too that that is worrying about them, you like you do not want to run Chris Paul to the ground. Like yeah. he's not a guy you want playing thirty five, forty minutes a and game. He has to throughout an no entire shooter, series. He's gonna have to. Yeah, I mean maybe that's fair. You kind of talking me uh, talking me out of them a little bit. I mean, I just I don't I don't trust it. I think there's a recipe for disaster, and I also don't think the Thunder front office wants to win a first round series. I think they're very much. Okay. I still think the the. They're the biggest question mark for me, though, because I feel like I know who the Lakers and Clippers are. The Nuggets, I guess, are a bit of a question mark. I don't think the Jazz have anything. I think the, the Bogdanovich injury really hurts them. Um, we've already talked about the Rockets. The Mavericks, the clutch stuff concerns me. Unless you're going to talk yourself into one of the eight seeds, whether it's the Grizzlies, the Blazers, the Pelicans, or something like that, I think they're the biggest question mark for me in the West is the Thunder, though. Hmm. Who's, get, who's getting the eight seed, by the way? In the West, yeah, um, the the Grizzlies. You think so? People are just talking like the Grizzlies have to really just be awful for them not to win the eight seed. Like they have to really implode. They have to really they, implode. Don't they have to go what like three and like I think they have to go what three? How many games is there? Three? Do they have to go three and what so? Is yeah, there's, I was looking there's, at the numbers the, the other day. They're right. Right now, they're three and a half games ahead of right. the Blazers, the Pelicans, the Kings. Um, but I mean, all those one of those teams just has to finish within four games of them to, for the the playing tournament. Right, but that mean like I just they so have to be really, they have to really, really fumble. They, I, I just don't think that's what's going to happen. Okay, I, I, Zion yeah, just got I, 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 I don't know. know. It's a lot of ground to make up in a very short amount of time. I think people are just talking themselves into it because it's it's fun. But I think I would I would be very surprised if um, the Grizzlies did not get the eight seed. There's going to be a playing tournament. I I, I do really think that because yeah, I mean, all, all, again, all all one of those teams has to do is finish within four games of them. Like I I think that's happening. Um, and if that happens, they'd have to beat the Grizzlies twice back to back games to make the playoffs. So. Like I think the Grizzlies are set up pretty well to to hang on to the number eight seed, yeah. um, and to lose two games in a row to one of those teams. Like they're in a good position, but I still think like I I mean it's it's between the Blazers and Pelicans because I think the Kings, De'Aaron Fox's injury, I, I think that takes them out of it. Lamarcus Aldridge being out for the Spurs that takes them out of it. The Phoenix Suns are way too far back. Um, so if that's the case, like would it shock you if the Blazers or the Pelicans beat the Grizzlies in two straight games in a playing series? It wouldn't to me. It wouldn't shock me, but I'd be surprised, I guess. Because, like, if they go against either one of those games, either one of those teams, Dame is the best player on the court, hands down. Um, Nurkic looked good in, in the scrimmages. That's encouraging to me. And then the Pelicans, I mean, Zion is just an absolute monster. Um, and it would be amazing to see him and him and John Morant go at it. Uh, that would two be games. Cool. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I also just think people are wrapping themselves up in this stuff. I'm like, they're still getting curb stomped by the Lakers in round one. Like, I don't care yeah. who wins the AC. Like, Jaw's not gonna have a good series. Zion won't either. They're getting curb stomped. Like Anthony Davis. I don't know. Zion might have a good series. That, um, he's having to go up against Zion in round one. LeBron would just love to go up against Jaw and welcome to the league in round one. 
it's it's not going to be a good series. So I don't really care who wins the eight seed. Like I think it's going to be a very short That's day, fair. no matter who it is. Um, in the East, maybe a little bit different with yeah. I don't know. No, actually, I think the Bucks are curb stomping whoever they get. Um, at, yeah, yeah, like that's the same kind of. I, I know, I know you, I know you're down on the box, but if you if you're going to talk me into the Nets or the uh, the Wizards no, pushing no, them in any no. any way shape or form, no, no, no. Um, you want to see Rui Hachimura go? Yeah, they just can't win the you want, title. You want to see Rui Hot? You want to see Rui Hachimura go toe to toe with Giannis in the series? What is the Rui stuff? Because he's not good. Like he's actually legitimately bad, and I don't understand what the fascination is with him because there's nothing good about him long-term either. Like he has no NBA skill. What is it? Can't shoot. Can't really play defense. Not all that crazy, like interesting in a pick and roll, pick and pop situation. Not a great defender. What is he actually good at? That he tries hard. I think that's what it is. I think he just tries. Look, he's, he's, he's big. bad at everything. Two thirty. He's he's a he's a solid mid range scorer. He's shooting thirty eight point nine percent from mid range this season, which great. is not great, but that's for a rookie that's solid. Uh-huh. Um, I think he can develop into a solid three point shooter. Do you really? He has size. I mean, he's shooting twenty seven percent from three this season. Yeah. I didn't know that, but that's I, what I, I'm saying. I, I he's, he people look at his numbers and like everything else. I'm like, this dude's actually terrible, and people are like talking themselves into it like he's interesting. I'm like, there's nothing interesting about Rui Hachimura at all. I disagree. He's I, like I Kenneth think he Fareed. Be, I think Best case good. scenario, he's like Kenneth Fareed. No, don't do that. Kenneth Fareed couldn't shoot. I Fareed, mean, how'd you can't shoot? He shot 27 for 7 3 this year. He's a rookie. He'll get that. You, I, I shoot like, he's going to shoot over like around 35% over the next couple of years. Wait, from 35% from 3? Yeah. No. Yeah, it's going to happen. No. I'm going to die on this hill now. I'm going to no. die on this hill now. You made me do it. Unbelievable. There's no way. I didn't say on high volume, by the way. Yeah, like all open threes. Are you gonna like have a bunch of caveats? Like the corner, he'll shoot thirty five percent from the corner when everyone collapses on Bradley Beal and he swings it out. Yeah, he might shoot thirty five percent there. Hey, maybe if that's the case, that's good. Sure, but he's not interesting. He has no upside. He's a rotation oh, player, do maybe on a bunch of teams. He'll be in the league for like fifteen years. But he'll play for like nineteen teams. Hey, if you if you're in the league for fifteen years, you're doing something right. Sure, but he's like he's not good at anything. He's just going to bounce around. You're really I, we'll into see. the Rui stuff. He's not good. I'm, I'm, I'm not like I'm not all the way in, but I'm I'm not I'm not going to the degree you are. Like I, Give me I think some he Troy has... Brown though. Let me some Troy Brown. He's good. Sure. He can cut. Trey yeah, Brown he, has NBA yeah. skills. Rui has exactly zero NBA skills. <laughs> what are you talking about? He can, Rui can create his own shot a little bit. And he misses. That's not creating your own shot when you, your shot is awful. Hey, for, look, 40% from mid-range isn't bad for a rookie. That's not bad. On decent volume, he's taken like 100 mid-range shots this season. That's not bad. You can have all the Rui stock that you would like, sir. You're turning me into a Rui fan with all this hate. I know, right? And I'm not trying to hate. Like, I, they have guys that are interesting, but he's not an interesting young player. I just, people get into certain young players that I just, I don't understand it. Like, he's, it, maybe the Markel stuff where I'm like, no, this, these guys are not good. They're, they're not interesting. Devontae Graham, good young player. I like Devontae Graham. PJ Washington, another guy. I like him. He's going to be good. 
He's a good rotation player. I could see him stay in the league for a long time. He has NBA skills. Rui Hachimura yeah. has exactly zero NBA skills. That's okay. Sure. Davis I, I, I disagree. Is I think... threes at like a 50% clip all over the place. Davis, that's a guy. That right there is a basketball player. Um, Thomas Bryant, basketball player. Good rebounder. He's a good stretch five. He's someone who could play 12 minutes tonight. I like Thomas Bryant. He can start. He can do the Zubach row. like him. Troy Brown. All right, I told you I like. He has NBA skills. Guess who doesn't have NBA skills? <laughs> I can't believe this is turned into a, a 20 minute segment on Rui. He's just not good. I can't believe he's all in on this you guy. Should, you should. Well, now, look, now we're going to have to do a pod just on Rui. And I'm going to have to look at all the numbers. Absolutely not. I'm going to have to come back. I'm going to watch, watch all his me. shot attempts from this season. I'm going to tell you all the stuff that he's doing from mid range, how he has a little bit of mellow in his game, all that. I'll bring it next time. Just, just let me know. I don't want to do this. He's not good. <laughs> Gary Payton might be a better shooter than Rui Hachimura. And Gary Payton can't shoot to oh, save his on. life. Come on. Don't do this. Also, Gary Payton, better NBA player because he can defend. Gary Payton's like one of the best defenders in the NBA. Gary Payton no, Jr., excuse me. What if this, uh, this podcast has gone off the rails. You're just like all over the place. You latch on to the worst players on the Wizards. I just don't understand it. Like there are so many different oh, intriguing I... options here. And you're like, what if I re- latched on to the mo- least interesting player in the NBA right now? Rui Hachimura. I-, I latched on to him because you were hating on him so much. I, I had to defend him. Um, I-, I love shot Bertans, 27% from three this year. He's a rookie. He doesn't rebound. He doesn't get like he doesn't do anything. He doesn't pass. He has no idea what he's doing with the basketball. He can't dribble. What's he when, doing? When he's shooting thirty, when he's shooting thirty-five percent from three, we can have this conversation. Great. Again. When he's averaging what thirteen and six, and his plus-minus is minus seven. We'll see, I guess we'll see. Rui is. I'm gonna have to do a deep dive in Rui now. He was a terrible lottery pick. I didn't understand at the time. Like, there's just. N- I'm gonna pull it up. Yeah, he's negative seven point four per hundred possessions this season. Um, I mean, played- the wizards, the wizards were. Di- the Wizards were a disaster this season, though. Like not on offense. Outside of Bradley, outside of, they have a top of Bradley fifteen Jones, offense. Batons. Yeah, that was that was. But that's all. That's then. That's Bradley Beal and Davis Batons. That's that's it. Thomas Bryant, Ish Smith. I'm not a charge. Thomas Bryant guy. Troy Brown was good for them. Like I said, I think we've talked more about the uh, Wizards at this point than we talked about the Bucks. I, you By just like I guess that's a that's a thing for me. Rui Hachimura is just not a. That just it, it's a because I've seen that on Twitter a lot, and I'm just like, what are we doing? There's so many interesting NBA prospects. There's so many interesting NBA players. There's so many guys out there that I'm like, let's do some case study and like what they can be. Like they have this skill, can they turn into that? And then we have Rui Hachimura, who's terrible at everything, and just guy who should be interesting, but he's not. And um I don't. I think it's just because he's bad. I think athletic guys who are bad at everything, people are like, "Oh, look at all the things that we can turn him into." And then he never turns into that, and it's just Marcus Pfizer or something. And it's just like, what do we do? Look, he, what a waste of time. He, he's he's a poor man, Michael Porter Jr. No, what? Michael Porter Jr. has a very clean shot. He can create his own shot. He's a good dribbler. Wait, really? Shot's not broken. Michael Porter Jr. was also like. The number one offensive recruit. Like, he was the number one prospect at one point in his, his time. 
Michael yeah, Porter Jr. Said, was like, like an all-around offensive force. Ruby's not even poor man's Michael Porter Jr. That's very generous. Yeah. That is some. You're just a really nice guy. A lot of Dean hey, energy ben. from you. A lot of Dean <laughs> from Gilmar Girls energy from you, sir. I'm giving a lot of Logan <laughs> vibes. You're giving a lot of Dean vibes. You are. You're being a, you're being a party pooper. <laughs> It's not even a party pooper. It's just a realistic thing. Um, I'm trying to think of what like what Logan would say here. And Dean would be like, "Look, I love him." Um, I don't know. Yeah, because <laughs> Dean is just overly emotional and uh, just weird in general. Not a Dean guy. Did we rank our favorites between Jess, Logan, and Dean? Did we do that in this podcast? I don't know, man. We've talked about Gilmore Girls like three times. That's something it sounds like we would have done. Mm. What? Just a refresher. That's how we can wrap up here. What is your top three for for uh, Rory? I don't know, man. That's a tough one. This is this goes back to the Rory thing. Like I, I need time to to do my homework on this. I will throw my laptop out of the room if you mention Rory Hachimura one more time in this podcast, Scott. I can't. I'm, I'm watching his mid range shots from the season right now. Why He's are you doing smooth. that? I'm not gonna lie. He's smooth. He's smooth. Great. He can be Christian Leitner. Um. I think the answer here is um, it goes Jess one, Logan. Actually, okay. you know what? it's probably Logan one, Jess two, Dean three. Because I think Logan was the father, right? Isn't that who you think she's gonna tell her mom she's pregnant? It's yeah, probably, yeah, it's Logan. Yeah. Right? A spoiler alert, by the way. Well, well we, we don't know that. for sure. There's no spoiler alert because we it's all still hearsay. They don't reveal who it is. Okay, that's not a spoiler. Are they? Are they gonna? Is there is there going to be another season no, or anything? So. No, I think they're done. That's sad. It's not. It ended perfectly. That's bad too. I don't need any more. It's it's fine. We got twenty years of it. That's bad. That's, Off and yeah, on for twenty years, but no, it goes. Um, what would your uh, your wife say? That's the more interesting thing. What do you think she would say in terms of Rory boyfriends? I don't know, man. Again, like, I need my homework. I, I, next time, I need the heads up that we need to to break this down, and I can I can do all my research. Because mm. look, right now, while we're talking, right now, I'm watching all of Rui's mid range shots from this. this Why season, are you doing so. this to yourself? This is what I'm saying. Like, you actually have a weird Rui thing, and I I think I'm gonna chalk this up to quarantine. Like, I think quarantine's just I'm- um really mess with you, Scott. I I don't. I, I'm nervous about it. I don't feel great that you've gone down a Rui rabbit hole? I think, I think what I'm going to do is every single day starting tomorrow, I'm just going to send you one clip of Rui from this season. Just every single day on Twitter. Just just one seven-second video of him pulling up from mid-range, getting to the basket. So you get a taste of what you're, what you're hating on. I will block you. You turned me into a Rui guy, apparently. I will block <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, all right. I don't want any of this. Why are you doing this to me, Scott? We were friends. Now we're turning into enemies. Look, we we didn't talk about we didn't talk about Trey Young and Luca today. We didn't compare them. So this, this is what I got to do. It's, I it's either that, that or or Rui. I can't do that every week. I, on this that's podcast. what I'm saying. Yeah. So so it's Rui. We're talking about Rui now. That's still not good. I don't want that either. I don't want Trey versus Luca or Rui. <laughs> These are not things I want on this podcast. None of those things. It is your podcast too. It is your podcast. So uh, I, don't I, want I any have of to this. respect that. I, I don't want any of this. Um. Scott, what can we check out from you this week on the interwebs? 
Um, as I said, got 30 best players coming out on Wednesday. Um, we talked a lot about the Raptors today. I think they're going to be even beyond the rest of this season. It's going to be fascinating to see what they do in free agency because um, Fred Van Vliet, Mark Gasol, and Serge Ibaka are going to be free agents. So I, I have something out coming this week on free agents they should watch in Orlando as potential replacements for those guys in free agency. Um, and then just, man, the season's here. Like, season restart is here. So it's going to be it's going to be fun to react to, to real games again um, with the eight-seeding games and everything like that. So there's going to be a lot of stuff coming from me in the coming weeks, which I'm excited about. Awesome. Well, go check that out. Scott, cue up the great work, sir. And uh, please do not send me any really <laughs> mid-range shots. I'm hard pass. I, I don't I don't want any of that. I, ma- I make no promises. God. Scott Rafferty, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Have a good one. This has been Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, and I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. Goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.